You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. My name is Jazzy, but you guys kind of already know I lead the wonderful Junior Girls Life Group. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. And so just a quick recap um, from last week. We continued our series, This is the Way, Eight Marks of a Disciple. And we discussed the topic, Disciples Worship Even When It's Hard. And Haley, I don't know where Haley's at, but my awesome, yes, right there, my awesome co-lead did a phenomenal job sharing a message, used some great analogies. Yes, let's give it up for Haley. She did incredible last week. And so tonight, I'm going to be expanding on that topic. And I'm going to be actually sharing my testimony of worshiping Jesus during a really difficult time in my life this past year. But before I begin, I'm just going to open us up in prayer. So, Jesus, I am just so grateful to be here today, to be sitting in your presence, and to be able to be so open with this HSM community. Um, So grateful that we all just get to share a meal together, just be in fellowship with one another, and it's an honor to be here. And I love you so much, Lord, and we all love you, and I just pray that you speak through me right now and that you open our hearts and as well as our ears to just receive this message and just receive your grace of whatever it is that you you want to speak through me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So Thanksgiving and Christmas seasons are here, as Claire mentioned, and I know it was in the announcements, but this is the last HSM, so we don't have HSM next week, but then we have it the following week. Um, And I know that being in fellowship and just having fun with one another, eating these meals, it's all fun and it's exciting. And I'm not here to take away from any of that or, you know, just take away from it. But I do know that for some of us, it can also be hard. And so for me, holidays and all the festivities are pretty hard this year in particular. And that's because I've struggled quite a bit with grief and that's going to be the main topic of what I'm talking about tonight, just my journey of what it's looked like, like my grieving journey. Um, And so in high school, one of the main things that I couldn't really grasp was loss. And so throughout my four years, I was kind of just going to like funeral to funeral, back to back. And it was like my grandma had passed and then my aunt had passed and then my uncle had passed and then my great grandma passed. And it was a lot of people in my life that were that were family that I was losing and I I just couldn't understand the concept that I would never see them again like I would never be able to talk to him and in high school that was all throughout like my four years of high school of where you guys are at and so I know that those years are so fundamental and it's like 14 to 18 and it's like what just shapes who I want to be and what I want to do and the fact that I couldn't understand that and that I was losing so many people was just really really hard for me Um, But on November 17th of last year, my dad was admitted to the hospital. And in the first few days of being there, he was diagnosed with a liver disease. And he also, they told him that he was entering um, this process of liver cirrhosis. And if you're unfamiliar with the term cirrhosis, it basically means that 
you are entering a stage of like liver damage and you like it can't be reversed. It just can't be undone. So they told him that he was entering this stage um, in the first two days of being there. And when they told him that, they also told him that he had six months left to live. And I remember being in shock that, you know, my, he's my dad, my parent has six months left to live. And it was, it was shocking and, and heartbreaking news. Um, and so those first, those first three days were really, really tough. Um, but I remember we reached day four of being in the hospital. And after all of that news, day four was probably the best day yet because they told him like his liver was starting to look a little bit better and you know, he was still coherent and talking. But day four was the last day that I saw him looking um, okay because little by little he started worsening from that and just started feeling a lot of pain. And so day five came and they told him that his heart was failing. And then day six came and they told him that his kidneys were failing. And then on day seven, I had told you that it was November 18th. And so day seven was November 24th. And if you know November 24th of last year, that was Thanksgiving day. And so I remember being at the hospital and we had still enjoyed Thanksgiving dinner in the hospital um, with my family. I was with my siblings and my mom and my dad and we're at the hospital and um, I had left because me and my sisters had left because we needed, you know, a change of clothes and we left the hospital that Thanksgiving night and when we had left, we got the call that um, my dad had passed. And so I remember that I had never felt so hopeless, helpless as I did um, when we got back to the hospital and I was just standing with all my family. So sorry. <laughs> but um, I just remember, like, I would have given everything and anything to have one more conversation, to be able to hear his laughter one more time, um, to just be able to hear that wisdom. Because I was 19, I'm only 20 now, you know, I'm young. And so, um, in losing my dad, I knew that this, this time grieving would be different because I was following the Lord and I was leading and I was part of HSM and I was part of Purpose and I just knew that like being a Christ follower and grieving looks, looks different. I would want it to look different than, you know, any type of worldly perspective or worldly point of view. And so I wanted to be intentional with how I went about processing this and doing this. And so t there are two things that I want to talk about that I intentionally did while grieving. Um, and so the first thing I did was I allowed God to be God in spaces of my life that felt uncomfortable. And so allowing myself to feel and to pray honestly and vulnerably were big for me because I know I just got a little emotional, but I'm normally not emotional like at all. I don't like to be emotional, so it's hard for me to do that. And so um, just being so honest about it and letting God take over that uncomfortable part of my life was really difficult. Um, and then also just sharing with others about that, like sharing in fellowship, sharing with other people, reaching out to friends and loved ones. That's, it's uncomfortable for them to see me like that. And so I, I know I had a hard time. Um, and then another thing that was uncomfortable for me was 
allowing my body to rest completely. And so I thought about how, you know, God creating the world on the seventh day, even he used a day of rest. And on the seventh day, we got to the hospital, my dad was put to rest. And I think that theme of rest was just like captivating. And um, I wanted to dive into it, even though, like I said, it, it just felt really uncomfortable for me. And the second thing I intentionally did while grieving was I allowed myself to enjoy life and find delight in God's grace. And so in the middle of my grief, I knew that I could experience God's joy because of all of the little things surrounding me and like, you know, the different kinds of laughter from like all of you and just everyone that you hear like throughout your day. And I started going on walks and just, I remember praying and it's like I could feel a hug from the Lord, you know, like you're just like closing your eyes and you can just feel this like, I don't know, like this physical touch. And it's, it's something that I can't describe to you. Like I, I literally couldn't tell you and put it into words. And I know that if I wasn't a believer, I wouldn't be able to feel all of that. I wouldn't be able to tell you like, oh yeah, like I felt like God's like, you know, embrace over me. And even like praying, it's like, like I was praying and the Lord was kind of like, yeah, like tell me all of this. And like your dad's in heaven and I'll let him listen in. And so even like just knowing that I could talk to him and like knowing my dad's in heaven, like I, I don't have that if I'm not a believer and if I didn't have hope in God, if I didn't find delight in God's grace. And so that was another way that I intentionally um, grieved my dad. And so I know that the Lord's actions may not be what I wished for, but he is always all-knowing. He's always in control. He's always had my best interest at heart. And I just feel like if God is showing me, like, this is your story, Jazz. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like, all of this grief is, is going to be a big part of your life. Then I need to, I can still process it. I can still rest. But I can say, like, okay, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go, God. I'll let go of whatever it is, and I'm going to let you take control. And there's this saying, like, let go and let God. And it's a, it's a real thing. Like, literally letting go of all of that and just letting God take control. Um, so just remembering, I'm going to end with just two verses, but just remembering that God doesn't waste seasons. He's active and intentional with every part of our lives. And in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2, it reads, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. And so grieving well and grieving healthily for me looked like a lot of grace. It was led by grace. It was surrounded by grace. It was anchored in grace. And it's not, you know, perfect and tidy or whatever it is, but it's, it's necessary. And so whether you're here and you're grieving the loss of a loved one or an unanswered prayer or anything that you could possibly be grieving right now, just make sure you give yourself time to rest and process. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it reads, um, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to read that again. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I love that part. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong.
And a little, like, I don't know, quote thing that I had read that helped me kind of get through it too is just remembering the saying, like, each grief is to deepen our belief. And I think that was so cool. So each grief is to deepen our belief. And so tonight, I just wanted to end in a time of worship. And I had mentioned that I um, was in HSM. Actually, I don't know if I would mentioned that. But I was in HSM once. And I joined HSM as a junior. And so when I joined, I was a part of the worship team, super excited. And I remember that when I joined the worship team, um, I got to lead a song for the first time. And the first time I led a song, um, my parents, I told my mom and dad about it, and my, my parents were like, oh, can we come? And I told them, like, absolutely not. That's embarrassing to come to HSM and just be sitting front row. Like, how embarrassing would that be? So I told them no. But then, you know, they, they decided to come to the rehearsals. And so they came to, like, the rehearsals. And I remember my mom and dad were sitting here, and... Um, I just remember them crying, and it was, it was a really bittersweet moment. So tonight I'm going to be singing that song that I sang when I, when I got to, you know, do that for them. So, yeah. So this song, um, accompanied by the incredible guitarist, Silas. Yeah, give it up. Incredible, incredible. Seriously. Um, this song is called Crazy Love by Chris McLarney. Sorry. Um, by Chris McLarney. And I don't know if you've heard it before, but it's a really cool song. And I just encourage you to sing along with me, even if you haven't heard it. It's pretty easy to just, you know, catch on. So I'd love for us to all stand as we, um, you know, just worship tonight.